Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know who that's? The Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to discuss the all 22 film of one of the newest Jets, DJ Reed, the cornerback that they signed from the Seattle Seahawks. So to do that, we bring in our friend who is the Thunder from down under, doing all the great film work for us over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, Mr. Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother? I am pretty busy watching film. The Jets have been making plenty of moves trying to get my head around some of these guys who weren't necessarily on fans' radars early on. So, uh, look, overall impressions have been really good of Reed. Looking forward to talking about him because he's definitely been a surprise for me based on the perception I had of him and, and what I thought he was as a player. You've been watching more film than a projectionist at a movie theater right now, Luke. Just grinding that tape and trying to give us the complete picture about these guys that the Jets have brought in in free agency. And DJ Reed is one of the more interesting ones. He's not a huge name, he's not a household guy, but a really productive player. Let's start with talking about how he plays in zone coverage because that's going to be half the battle here. I know that everybody thinks that it's just a zone defense. The Jets played man a lot more than people think, so that's important, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But how was he as a zone corner? Much better than you'd think for a guy who's five foot nine, who doesn't have the ideal size that you see on the boundary for Robert Sala, uh, Seattle cover three defense. But as he mentioned, he comes from that scheme. He's familiar with it. Cover three quarters, cover one. That's what they play in Seattle. That's what you're going to get with a Robert Sala D. So 
What impressed me most, Scott, were his instincts, and that came in multiple ways. One of the first plays I saw on tape was against the Green Bay Packers. I put it on because I thought, let's see how he goes against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. There's no better measuring stick for a corner on the outside. He was in zone, cover two on the outside. He passed off his man who was going vertically to the safety. And he just has this vision out of the corner of his eyes to break and absolutely lay the wood on Devontae Adams, cause a pass breakup. And that just kind of set the tone for his coverage in zone. There's a reason this guy was the number nine corner, according to PFF. And we both laugh about PFF a lot. The saying is, if it supports your argument, it's great. If it doesn't, they're absolute trash. But the film backed it up in zone coverage. Another play that stood out for me, this was about game situation and that side of the instincts. It was against the Detroit Lions late in the season, fourth quarter. He's in cover two, but he understands that he needs to get more depth on his drop and start taking away the vertical from the slot. They're trying to take a cover two hole shot and suddenly he reaches up, an athletic play on the ball. He's got great ball skills in zone coverage and he gets the interception and returns it. He's second one in that game. I was really impressed by the instincts in zone, got very good eye discipline. He's got closing speed. His ability to put the foot in the ground and just get downhill in a hurry is good. Like you'd expect from a smaller corner, he needs to rely on those skills. So overall, I thought his zone coverage skills were one of his best assets and it's going to be a very natural fit here in Salas D. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Luke, how is DJ Reed in man coverage? This was my impression of DJ Reed. I thought he's going to play a lot of off coverage and you're going to see him trusting his feet and his eyes and his hips because I know you've had Eric Crocker on the show a number of times, Scott, and something I always took away from talking to him and listening to him was when he talks about defensive backs trusting their, their hips and their feet in space. And that's particularly important in off man coverage. That is not what I saw from this kid. 
five foot nine, as I mentioned, but he's got the wingspan of a six foot three athlete, which is huge because then you saw him in press. There were reps where I'll talk about Devonte Adams again. He was bullying him a little bit on the outside and he was throwing off his release. And I thought there's no way that a five foot nine guy is going to be sitting there playing man press, but he did it at a very high level. And honestly, it took me back a little bit. Uh, there was another rep against Detroit on the outside where he was bossing people around and he managed to throw off the timing and the leverage and then squeeze them to the outside all around. It was very impressive. The one thing that I didn't love about him in man coverage is when he's playing trail technique. So without getting too technical, it's when you're kind of sitting in the back pocket of a receiver, uh, kind of chasing in behind them and you're trying to shadow them. Sometimes he'll get a little eager to catch up and to make up that ground. So when they put on the handbrake for a comeback route or a curl, he'll end up three or four yards past the play and it'll be a very easy completion underneath. So he could clean that up a little bit. But overall, man skills were fantastic. Fluidly in space is great. There were some reps against Cooper Cup in the red zone against the Rams where he was in off coverage and Cooper Cup sold this little outside out route and you saw that DJ Reed bit on it, but then Cup jumped inside and had that double move and you thought, oh, this is a touchdown. DJ Reed made that move before he did. It was just a fantastic anticipation and that fluidity and hip flip very natural in short area spaces, very good at mirroring receivers. So again, without sounding like I'm sitting here trying to pump up a Jets pick, because if you've seen my Twitter the last 24 hours, that's not what I'm about. I was really impressed with DJ Reading man too. Let's talk about his tackling, Luke. From what I understand, he's a very willing tackler. Is that what you saw in the film? Effort is absolutely A+, plus, Scott. He'll throw his body around. I think his run defense grade, according to PFF, was actually really good. The one thing that's a little concerning, and concerning is probably a strong word, is he's a bit of an ankle tackler. His target zone is a little low. Uh, so when he's making tackles in space in zone coverage, sometimes you saw them breaking it and getting an extra five or 10 yards. At the same time, that's not my primary thing I look at when you look at a, a cornerback. And I understand in zone that has added importance and added value. I know Joe Blewett, who does great work with JetX, he's big on tackling in space for corners. I just thought DJ Reed, his other positives kind of outweighed that. But at the same time, his willingness, and that's half the battle. You get a guy who doesn't want contact because they're a diva on the outside. That's a bit of an issue. He's going to miss some tackles. He's going to go low with his target zone occasionally, but he's willing to put his head in the dirt and make a play for you in the run game. And I think that's the most important part. How about blitzing? Anything that you're going to get out of him there? Didn't see a ton of it just because he didn't really play in the nickel. And a lot of these schemes traditionally will blitz from the nickel. Um, I think he had maybe one career sack. He had a half safety, I think, if I'm thinking of the right player. I've watched so many the last couple of weeks. I think he had uh, half a safety uh, in 2020, maybe. But realistically, from the outside, you don't see a lot of these outside corner blitzes. They more get brought in this cover three scheme from the slot. You saw... Uh, Robert Saladur with KK Williams in San Francisco. Uh, even a guy like Brian Poole would have been good in this scheme. We saw Carter do it a couple of times. I don't anticipate him use, being used in that um, facet very often. Uh, I just think most of all, you're going to get a lot of zone and man coverage and you know, obviously that support in the run game as well. Expand a little bit for me about DJ Reed's fit in the system. You talked about his zone coverage and his man coverage, but 
overall, there's a reason that Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich targeted Reed. We know that Sala's familiar with him because he was in the room when the 49ers drafted him in the fifth round of the 2018 draft. As you said, he's a player who very much understands the way that this system works. He played in Seattle, which is where Robert Sala made his bones and where he started to build his foundation as a defensive mind. And of course, he spent that time in San Francisco under Sala himself. So tell me a little bit more about that if you can. Speaking firstly on Sala and his relationship with him, if you listen to his presser with the media when he first arrived in New York, he talked about the aura that Robert Sala had as a coach, even as a defensive coordinator in San Francisco. Uh, he also talked about Jamal Adams being his dog, so I'm going to leave that part of the uh, the interview out. But with the scheme fit, we, we already mentioned it. I mean, obviously, he's played in this scheme, which is a huge advantage because the transition is very, very minimal, and that's fantastic because you don't want your corners thinking. But the things that he does so well, his eye discipline, his ability to diagnose and react, something else we haven't mentioned yet, uh, when you're playing zone coverage, but you see a bubble screen or some kind of little wide receiver you know, gadget route, he is so good at diagnosing. And that's so important for a corner in this scheme. You need to be able to read, react, and get downhill. Some of our corners struggle with that. And then on, man, on third downs, when Salah likes to play a hell of a lot of man coverage, he's going to be much better in man press than Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles. So I think those two things combined allow him to have a really high ceiling in this scheme, because I can't tell you how often I watched the Jets play last year and thought, Ulbricht's going to bring man coverage. Bryce Hall or Eccles is going to get burnt on a slant or a crossing route because he does such a better job on those big downs in man coverage. There was a couple against Detroit where he was backside of a slant, managed to get his lead arm in there and break it up. I think he was top 20 or 30 in pass breakups in 2021. I mentioned the good ball skills. The Jets need more turnovers. Even though he only had two interceptions, you can see the natural hands on tape. You watch Bryce Hall, it's kind of like he's got bricks upstairs. So it's going to be important that we generate turnovers. I think that DJ Reed gives you an opportunity to do so. But realistically, going back to your point, it's about the instincts, it's about the vision, and it's about the man coverage on third down. Those things combined allow him to be a great fit in this game. Talk a little bit more about creating turnovers because that's something that's been a big problem for the Jets defense, particularly that secondary struggle to do it last year. Is DJ Reed a player who you think is going to make a big impact in that way? Yeah, I do. I think he has an opportunity to be that guy that gets three or four interceptions in saying that. I think we are all aware that pass rush is such a crucial part of creating turnovers and havoc, but you still need to be able to capitalize on those opportunities. And the Jets haven't had players that can make them. I mentioned Bryce Hall, Marcus May, who's left in free agency and gone to New Orleans. I thought he had terrible hands too, and he dropped interception after interception, one to seal the game against Buffalo a couple of years ago on opening day. So I think to have a DB with actual wide receiver skills, super important. I think it's going to help a lot. I talked about his eye discipline. That helps in zone coverage. You're watching the quarterback you have great understanding and feel of where the receivers are entering and exiting your zone that allows you to break on the ball and have more opportunities to create interceptions. So it's about the vision. It's about the ball skills. And I think collectively that's what gives him an opportunity to turn the rock over because the jets haven't done it and they need to start doing it because apparently the jets aren't going to add any wide receiver help until the draft. And their motto is we're going to help Zach Wilson by improving our defense. Well, giving him short fields helps but turning the ball over, that's where you can really make an impact for Zach Wilson. 
Luke, we've heard a lot about how much Jordan Whitehead is going to help improve the Jets' run defense, which was absolutely abysmal in 2021. How much does DJ Reed help in that area? I think he, he gives you a nice little uptick. I'm not sure it's significantly better than a Bryce Hall or a Brandon Eccles. But you're certainly not losing anything. I think the effort that I mentioned is there. He's a terrier. He'll run and put his nose in the dirt. I mentioned that already. So I think the willingness already gives him that baseline and that floor. I don't think he's going to you know, step in and suddenly transform the defense from a run perspective, but I think he's another way you can improve it. And you put him next to Whitehead and you draft a defensive tackle that can eat up some space on the inside and suddenly you're back to average. And that's all you really need in run defense. As long as you're not abysmal and you can lose the game there, it doesn't really matter. So I think he helps you creep back towards average. Uh, and if he can do that on top of playing elite coverage, then you've got a guy that you're looking at and going, Jets might have got a steal for $11 million. When you look at the going rate for a cornerback one being $16, $17 million in that kind of range, if he can do both things pretty effectively, I think JD got a, a pretty good deal, to be honest. Luke, we've talked a lot about how the Jets needed a lot of help at cornerback. People talked about Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles and said, the Jets don't really need anything at corner. They're fine there. They're set. But we knew that that wasn't the case. If you watch the tape, they had subpar cornerback play, arguably the worst cornerback group in the NFL. DJ Reed comes in and improves that day number one, no question about it. How much of an upgrade do you think he is as a starter over Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles? Look at, okay, let's pretend that he's replacing Brandon Eccles on the right-hand side because in his press conference, people get a little bit confused. They think one to two to three as cornerbacks as far as tiers and cornerback one. In this offense, sorry, this defense, it's right cornerback and left cornerback. Bryce Hall's going to stay on the left. DJ already setting his press conference. He's playing right corner spot. So he's going to play on that outside like Richard Sherman, play one half of the field. So that means he's not replacing replacing Hall. He's replacing Eccles. The jump from him to Brandon Eccles is enormous. I already told you, I think he's a better corner than Bryce Hall too. But when you're comparing him to the guy he's replacing, I think he's almost indescribably a better corner. Brandon Eccles is a raw athlete who had some flashes, but made a lot of mistakes, gave a lot of deep routes over his head. And really there was some missed opportunity and drop balls and missed throws too. I think you're upgrading to a guy who can be a top 30, top 40 corner in the NFL. And when you compare that to a rookie who graded out pretty terribly, that's a really big difference. So I just want people to think of it as he's not just replacing Bryce Hall as cornerback one. He's directly replacing Brandon Eccles in the lineup. And that's why you get such a significant shift. Luke, you said you think DJ Reed could be a top 30 or top 40 cornerback in the NFL. Explain to me a little bit why. What is it that you see with him that would make you believe that he could be one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL over the course of the next few years for this defense and be a really important piece for them? I think it starts with personality. It starts with that mongrel, that dog, that competitor. I know those words get tossed around a lot, but for a corner, it is so important having that short-term memory. He sat there in his press conference and he said, my stats were up there with the all-pro corners in 2022. Sorry, 2021. He mentioned Ramsey. He mentioned JC Jackson. And he sat there and told everyone in New York that was listening that I think I'm that caliber of corner. And that sounds insane. And look, it probably is. And of course, there's hyperbole in that. But he was graded as the ninth best corner in football. Whether you like PFF or not, they graded him as a top 10. Obviously, the stats that he's looking at and that him and his team worked through gave a very similar picture. 
So I don't think it's a stretch to say he can play at that level at all because I'm very confident in saying he already has. And that's my bad for not seeing it through last season because, as I said on Twitter, I wasn't watching Seattle unless Jamal Adams was getting toasted. But I think he's a perfect fit. I think he's played at that level. Is it sustainable? Are we going to see that DJ Reed or even an improved DJ Reed as a 25-year-old? I think we can. I don't think this has to be Tremaine Johnson 2.0 or when Jarrell Revis returned and, and got hurt covering Sammy Watkins. I think he has an opportunity to continue the trajectory he's on. And if he does that, let's say he doesn't get any better. He flatlines and he just is stability. He brings stability to the Jets uh, defensive backfield for the next two years, three years, however long he maintains here on his uh, three-year, $33 million contract. Then I think he's already playing around that level. And that level hasn't been seen here for a very long time at corner. Luke, we've mentioned that he's only five foot nine, and that's not ideal. You'd prefer a taller corner, but that doesn't mean that he can't be effective. Talk a little bit about how that height can hamper him a little bit and how he gets around it and is able to minimize that as a limitation in his game. Yeah, so I think the, the biggest area that it usually shows up for a corner is in zone because you've got your eyes in the backfield, the receivers are usually behind you because if you're playing man coverage, Unless you're terrible, there's not going to be a receiver five yards behind you. You get that in zone. If you don't have the arm length, it's very easy for the quarterback to throw over the top. The windows become a little bit bigger. And I know it sounds silly, but if you go right now and you Google the all-pro cornerbacks over the last 10 years and their arm length, there was a statistic that showed almost every single one hit this certain threshold. It might have been 33 and a half inches. I can't remember off the top of my head. But Richard Sherman, JC Jackson, Stefan Gilmore, Every single one had that arm length. Like, I get it. Sometimes you talk about hand size and uh, arm length for a tackle and all that kind of thing, and it doesn't really fit with what actually happens on the field. I think it happens with corner. So I think the reason he gets around his height is solely because of the arms and also because of his vision and the way he can put himself in good positions in zone coverage. That helps. If you're a smart footballer, you can overcome limitations, be, be them speed, size, arm length or whatever. I think that helps, but the arms are definitely the biggest factor. Um, I think they allow DJ Reed to, to have more success where some other people may struggle in his position. So I think that's, it's going to be important for him and it is important for him and it's allowed him to overcome the height deficiency that he has. Luke, how much do you think he improves the defense overall? Sing, single-handedly, he's not going to take you from the 32nd defense in football to a top 15 unit. It's just unfathomable. You can't expect that of a guy. But I think he takes the cornerback group from the worst in the NFL to maybe the seventh worst in the NFL. I know that doesn't sound like an exponential jump and it doesn't sound like a huge difference, but I think him replacing Eccles gives you an opportunity to at least compete with some of these guys. I think Michael Carter can develop. Bryce Hall is hes a steady number two. I think if you throw DJ in the mix there, he gives you a shot. And that's all you can really ask for for a free agent because one player can't transform the, transform, sorry, the worst defense in football. So if he takes your pass defense from 32nd to 26th or something in that range, I think that's what you need because then you throw in Whitehead. You get Carl Lawson back. Maybe that then helps Quinn and Williams have a breakout season. John Franklin Myers plays a little bit more. Not consistently. He played pretty well, but gets the production. And now you start to get cooking. Heck, you take Source Gardner at 4 or 10, and then suddenly you're starting to talk top 15 defense. But by himself, I think he, he, he raises you that one tier, but it's hard to go any further than that. 
Luke, anything about DJ Reed, whether it's strengths or weaknesses or just anything in general that we haven't touched on yet that you think is worth mentioning? I think he plays bigger than he is. And I, I mentioned the arm length and the, he has the wingspan of a six foot three dude rather than a five foot nine. He has great flexibility with who he can cover. The good thing for the Jets is we don't have many, you know, big six foot four Julio Jones prime receivers in our division. But I think he can legitimately hang with those dudes, which sounds crazy when he's five foot nine. But I think he can cover that type of receiver. Let's say Nikhil Harry decided he could play football this year. I feel confident he could cover him, but I think he has the match and mirror skills to hang with a Stefan Diggs who destroyed the Jets twice last year. So I just like the flexibility of his skill set and what he brings. And I think that is going to be a help because when you're not moving players around, you're not mixing and matching where they are on the field, you can take advantage of that. We saw uh, Buffalo with Diggs put him straight opposite Eccles and he just ate like three plays in a row, just bang, bang, bang. And one of those was a drop touchdown and the next one was a touchdown. Well, if they want to do that with DJ Reed, I feel a lot more comfortable. And I think his skill set allows him to cover a wider range of athletes in the NFL. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the Jets' newest addition at cornerback with me, DJ Reed. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything that we've got up on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, and for those that want to peruse our store over at tpublic.com, that's T-E-E-Public.com, tell them what we've got up on the YouTube channel and what they can get over at our store at tpublic.com. Yeah, the tea public stuff is awesome. My partner, Alex, helped design a lot of the stuff. Um, she's super talented, so I'd highly recommend checking it out. If you go on Scott's Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, you'll be able to find the link there at the top of his page. But we've got stuff from the Zach the Ripper range to the Zach Wilson says go long. If you watch any of the content on YouTube, I use that a ton for transition screens and logos and spot um, all that kind of jazz. So. That's an awesome design from him in Tennessee against Tennessee, throwing that ball deep, pointing to Corey Davis. That's a fantastic shirt. You've got Play Like a Jet logo merch, uh, the Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you range next to John Franklin Myers. A lot of fun stuff. After the draft class gets released or gets chosen, I should say, there'll be more stuff. And then across on the YouTube channel, there's going to be reviews on every single free agent signing you could possibly think of. It's already one up on the Twin Towers. They're not Gronken and Hernandez, but they're going to be an improvement. So you can see one on the tight ends. Uh, there's one up on DJ Reed that we've discussed today. Uh, there's already one up on uh, Lake and Tomlinson, huge upgrade at right guard. Dropped a video this morning talking about the Jets' plan at wide receiver, or a couple of days ago, sorry, the Jets' plan at wide receiver. Um, and if I think they've dropped the ball there, and the plan. So you'll find all that stuff. There'll be a whitehead coming, Martin, the edge they signed. Tons of stuff coming to the YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't already. And visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And if you haven't given us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. 
Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the US like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the US like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the US like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the US like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.